You're listening to Child Care Sights and Sounds, presented by Danny Christine Inc., a podcast made for child care providers by child care providers. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Child Care Sights and Sounds. I am your host, Danny, and Gigi is unfortunately not with me in this episode, but we do have a guest. Um, and because of that, this is a very special episode. But I wanted to jump in in the beginning to apologize for the very poor quality of audio on my end within this interview episode. I was on site inside of my centers all of last week and specifically during the recording of this episode. So the Wi-Fi signal and the strength with Zoom, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't as crisp as this is sounding right now. Um, But you can hear Gina, who is our guest, a little more clearly than you can hear me. So that's what's important. I really hope that you enjoy. Gina is the owner and operator of Kids Care Atlanta. Gina is a native of Decatur, Georgia, and she has obtained her Bachelor's of Arts and Sciences degree from the Tennessee State University in Nashville. And she has her master's from Kaiser University in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Gina is actually the youngest African-American woman in Georgia to own and operate a private institute. And that is something that really stood out to me. I always love personally connecting with other young Black women that are on the same journey that I am. And specifically how I found out about Gina and her school, Kids Care Atlanta, is over the summer, she kind of went viral on social media for posting a video about how her school was handling the COVID-19 public health emergency and the different risk reduction procedures that they were doing. She kind of did like a commercial for her school and I saw it on um, one of those popular Instagram pages. And I started following her and her school from then. And I just, I love the content that she produces. I love the mission of her program. And I just, I love everything about what she's doing. So I wanted to bring her onto this podcast to hopefully inspire you all and bring some awareness to Kids Care Atlanta. Thank you so much for watching and please enjoy. So thank you for being here with me, Gina. If you could please, I'd love to learn some more background information about about you and your education and experience. I'm so excited to have you here. So could you give me a little insight into how you got into this field? Okay, so um, I got my undergrad degree at Tennessee State University. So um, my degree is actually in mass communications. And then um, while we were at school, it was a popular thing at school for everyone to work at like YMCA for after school programs and stuff like that. So that's when I really got into, you know, the aspect of education or programs, how you can like um, get in there and make a difference and stuff like that. So I started that. 
And um, when I graduated, of course, I came back to Atlanta and I couldn't find, you know, anything that was really sparking my interest. Um, mm -hmm. I was working in corporate America, very boring to me. And I knew that, you know, the kids were kind of my passion still. So I'm not the best teacher. I knew that was in my lane, <laughs> but I definitely wanted to find something that was kind of in the same area, but maybe just a little different. So this was kind of the best option for me. Oh, nice. I can definitely relate to that. I actually did go to school for education, but I mm -hmm. know that I wasn't the strongest teacher either. And mm -hmm. the way that I knew that is not necessarily that like I didn't know what to do when it came to the kids, but it wasn't, I wasn't something I enjoyed. I didn't enjoy right being in the classroom and I knew that if you don't enjoy it that's gonna you know come right out. Yep. right yep. and that's not the best yep. experience for for the kids so I always say that I can spot a good teacher because I know that like I'm not the best <laughs> so yep. um that that's yeah and they have so many different techniques and stuff right like right I just I just knew that I wasn't equipped <laughs> <laughs> to take to that yeah. um, and being in the classroom. Of course, I like to go in the classroom, you know, for time to time, but not every Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about, um, so I know that you are own and you started up Kids Care Atlanta. Is that right? Can you tell us how yes. you got that started or when when did you open? Um, I opened on February 15, 2019. So um, it's been what over a year? About yeah, yeah you're about to make two years. years. Yeah, it's about to be. Two years. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> like, that crazy how time flies? I know. I, I know. know so much downtime last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's bad bye. So was this your first experience um, starting a a childcare or school, or did you have a different yeah. one before? No, no, this was my first experience with starting it. So um, it kind of came out. Well, I always, well, not always, but um, when I graduated, um, I told you I came back and I was trying to find, you know, what was right for me in the childcare aspect. So I had been trying to get a daycare since I was like 24, but, mm -hmm. you know, nothing was working out and it was just nothing was nothing was falling into into place. And I was just so discouraged by it. So I kind of like gave up on it for a year. And then I started back maybe at the beginning of 2018, um, looking, just looking for a child care center or something that mm -hmm. I could do um, on my own. And everything fell into place. So um, I found this place, this actual building, this school. And I was like, this is just the perfect opportunity. Everything just fell into place. So. So it was already it, it was already an established school before you came in and like you rebranded it basically. Right, exactly. So um, another thing is my um, I have a master's degree in organizational psychology. So that's mm -hmm. kind of like for simpler terms, if you come in and do like acquisitions or like um, business transformations, um, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So I kind of, I knew how to do that as well. Um, if when I came in to, you know, transfer everything over, make everything new, um, just create a new mm -hmm. space, but keeping the same culture. Got it. Okay. And you said that um, 
when you were trying to do daycare, it wasn't really working out for you. What was the difference here? Is it just, is it harder to get a daycare license versus no. opening a school? No, I, I really think it was just the wrong time in my life. So it was just like the universe didn't want me to have it at that point. And now that mm-hmm. I look back, I probably wasn't ready anyway. I think I was mm-hmm. kind of rushing into it. Um, you know, I was 24, so it was I was still learning everything I need to know about even the industry, you know, licensing, right. stuff like that. So I right. didn't know everything that I know now. So, mm-hmm. which of course you learn with experience anyway. Um, right. But I think I was just kind of rushing into it. I couldn't find any buildings. I mm-hmm. didn't necessarily know that in order to get a building, you need like special use permits and this, this, and that, and the third. So mm-hmm. I was just rushing. <laughs> and it wasn't working. <laughs> Did you have any like coaches or mentors along the way that were able to help you? Yes. So um, actually the previous owner of this building, um, her name is Dr. Mary Watson. And she's really helped me for like a lack of better words. She showed me the blueprint basically. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, She's retiring. She was ready to, you know, sit back and let someone else take over. So I was a helping hand, a listening ear. And um, nice. Yeah. I always tell my clients that there, there are opportunities like that. There might be people that are willing to exit the business or um, that want to retire or sell. Like it's, it, instead of starting up, instead of starting up from scratch, right. um, see what opportunities already are out there that exist. Right. Here in Georgia, it's kind of the process for getting licensed and stuff like that is very, um, it's much easier if you are doing like a change of ownership. So even though yeah. business is not the same, so we we have different um, names and, you know, different mm-hmm. ownership and stuff like that. But if the building was already care center it's technically a change of ownership so that's kind of the best thing to do because you don't have to prep a building from scratch you know you have to have the sinks in each classroom you have to have you know stuff that a regular building wouldn't have so right yeah you have to have a certain number of toilets (laughs) for each amount of kids like so and yeah exactly so here that's that's actually what most people do anyway because mm-hmm. I mean, you get a, a child care space, it was already a child care space. So right. um, the change of ownership application is kind of, it's, it's just way easier. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. It seems like Georgia makes it easy for, for you guys to do that, um, that switch over. Right. Yep, it is. Yeah. So what age groups or grades does, does your school care for? Okay, so we start at three years old and we go up to fifth grade. Um, three years old because we don't do potty training. Um, we're not a diapering facility and um, it's more school than daycare. So, you know, we right. diapering and stuff like that is kind of on the daycare side. But yeah. um, so three years old to fifth grade and our first to fifth grade classroom is kind of like a um, homeschool um, structure. So we may have, like this year, we have three first graders, four second graders, one third grader, and one fourth grader. 
Mm-hmm. So it's individual based learning. So even though they're in different um, grade levels in one classroom, the teacher is trained to teach each um, child individual. So um, everyone may be on math on Monday, but they won't have mm-hmm. the same work because we're on different levels. Um, even though they may be in the same grade level, two first graders still may not be on the same level. And I think a lot of kids get left behind in like public schools and stuff like that because they're still not on the same level, even though they're in the same grade. Mm-hmm. So um, it's an intimate class setting. Um, my largest classroom in the entire school is 10. So 10 oh, I was just going to ask you how many, what's your average class size? Yes. So it's, it's very intimate. So um, the largest classroom is 10 um, mm-hmm. students with one teacher. Um, anything above that, we'll get a second teacher because, like I said, it's um, individual-based learning. So we need, you know, teachers to be able to give that kind of attention for each um, student. Right. So is it one classroom per uh, grade? Right. So the only classroom that shares a um, classroom is the first through fifth graders. They're all in one um, classroom. But everyone else, like the three-year-olds, have their own classroom, four-year-old own classroom, oh. five. Yeah. Okay, so how many rooms do you have? Um, five. Okay, okay. So the majority is like the youngest, the younger right. age groups have most of the rooms. Okay, got right. it. Mm-hmm. And is it uh, free for the parents to um, send their children there? Or is it private school that they pay tuition? It's privately owned, so they do pay tuition, but we do accept um, CAPS, which is, you know, government assistance. Um, like a subsidy? Mm-hmm, right. Okay. So this year I've actually done um, scholarships for the students here just because I know it's a lot going on with um, coronavirus and the pandemic and everything like that. So mm-hmm. I, I did that independently. Um, I did accept mm-hmm. Uh, donations from friends and stuff like that from Instagram and stuff so that's where um, everyone's donation went towards scholarships for some oh, nice mm-hmm. um, speaking of Instagram that's how I discovered you I feel like you had a viral video back in the summertime <laughs> highlighting all the different things that um, your program was doing to reduce the risk of spreading COVID um, and making parents feel comfortable to enroll their children in your program. I thought it was very well done. And you did a great job of marketing your program, showing that you care and also highlighting the important steps that you're taking to prevent the spread of COVID. Um, how, what happened after that video was released? Did you notice a lot of more phone calls or could you walk us through that? Yes. So I think, I think the video may have went out on like a Friday or maybe a Sunday. So I wasn't expecting anybody to call over that weekend, but my phone was blown up the whole weekend. Of course it was Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, people just wanted to get their name in the air or just reaching out saying you know I have a kid I have a kid but only a you know percentage were actually serious about coming to do a tour coming to Mm -hmm. um, enroll and stuff like that but I did get a lot of students from that um good families um they were actually looking for something that was um that can provide their family what they're looking for because a lot of people still have to go to work so when we first right. opened back up, it was still kind of during the shutdown. So, you know, parents still have to go to work. 
Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of parents that I know that they needed our services. Right. Uh, So you were closed for a period of time. Yes. Um, We closed from probably the end of March into the beginning of June. So we opened back up for summer enrichment, which I didn't know if I was even going to open up for that because we just didn't have enough students. Um, Right. It was very, very weird because... (laughs) It was so empty. Um, we would have stayed open because we're considered essential workers. Right. But if we only had, you know, five students coming in, that's, we can't sustain that. So we yeah. Just were you full before, like before March 2020? Um, I was about at I know you were 80%, just 80% yeah. capacity. So yeah, we were at a good number. Um, and then the shutdown happened. Yeah. So how did that feel? Because I, I, I can't imagine um, if that happened to me. I've, this is We're approaching my fourth year in okay. my um, centers. But even before that, I had a home daycare. So I've been a business owner since 2014. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine if in 2015, that something like this happened to me. I feel like I would have been extremely discouraged. Like, how did you take? How did you take that? as a new business owner? Um, I was very discouraged, but um, it's one of those things that you gotta, you kind of got to prepare for being a business owner anyway. So if mm-hmm. it wasn't a pandemic, it would have been something. Like you have to wrap your mind around. It's not always going to go, um, you know, the perfect way anyway. So right. I do think that I had about a week. I just gave myself a week, like, you have a week to be sorry. You have a week to be sad. <laughs> After that, you just got to together. <laughs> yeah, you got to roll with the punches because I mean, it's a business. You still have to, you still have to pay the bills. You still right. have to get students in. The pandemic won't be forever. So, um, mm-hmm. especially with the school. So it wasn't like um, you know a clothing line or something like that. With school, people will still need school. So right. figure out what you need to do. Right. <laughs> because they'll be back. And if they're not back, it'll be somebody. So just putting myself out there was that was mm-hmm. big for me. Um like did you do virtual learning? So we did do virtual in April and May. Mm-hmm. So for probably about four weeks of virtual for the students that are already enrolled um in that school year. But for the summertime, I was no, I know they weren't going to do it in the summer. <laughs> kids, kids are still kids. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know doing that. We had started virtual learning um, uh, in April, and then we did it through um, June for free. And then, actually, no, we charged a small weekly rate in from April to June. And then in September, we did it for free because we took out, we, we were delivering supplies and stuff every week to families' houses okay. um, that had signed up for it. And that became way too much. So we were like, we're going to stop delivering supplies and we'll just make it free um, for anybody that needs it. And then in September, we were like, this is this is all just too much. Yeah. <laughs> so we stopped, we stopped doing it. Um, and for us specifically, we were doing it with two and three year olds and four year olds. So yeah, it, it was yeah really so they're not even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just 
yeah, it's it's very hard with three year olds and four year olds because they, mm-hmm. even though they're on their tablets at home all the time, it's different when they're actually doing a classroom activity. Right. So like coordinating them, that's the toughest thing I feel for everybody who's doing virtual learning with the with the babies. Yeah. Yeah. But thankfully, we're in a, a much better place now. Yeah. Were you able to get those kids back that had left, or did you kind of replace um, them with I got uh, some. mostly new? I got some, but um, majority of my students are new or came during the summer. So um, we had like summer enrichment. So a lot mm-hmm. of our students just stayed into the school year because um, they were going into public schools and the public schools were still closed. So um, a lot of those students came from the summer program. Are they open now in Atlanta? Um, some are, some aren't. So um, I, I think you can pick and choose which days you want to go. So they may go Monday, Tuesday, and then they're off on Wednesday and then come back Thursday and Friday. Only for some mm-hmm. schools. Some schools still aren't in. So I think it depends on what county you're in. Right. Got it. Okay. Um, so just in general, what has been the most challenging experience, even before COVID, um, about owning a private school? What's, what has really posed a challenge for you? Um, proving myself. So everybody thinks that I'm 13. <laughs> <laughs> um, or I'm younger than I, um, I'm younger than I really am, or mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about, or, you know, things like that. And I think people, especially because the school or the building used to be owned by an older woman. Mm-hmm. So um, some of the people who knew her or, you know, had been here before, I think they were kind of taken back and weren't giving me the same respect. So mm-hmm. uh, just putting myself out there to let people know, you know, I'm still going to be me. You know, I still got my hoops. I still have my braids, <laughs> but I'm still an adult. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a business owner and I know what I'm doing. So just being more, putting that authority on things has been difficult. Right. Because I'm a pretty laid back person, but you always got to show yourself sometimes. You always got to put yeah. your foot down. I agree. People, you know, this is yeah. mine. <laughs> It took me a while to get to that point. Um, when I started my home daycare, I was only 20. Right. So I honestly really didn't know of everything. I didn't know what right. I was doing for the most part. I was trying to figure it out. And it took me several years to kind of get to that point of being confident and comfortable with saying, with asserting myself, you know, as a leader and, and right. establishing that this is my business. This is how things are done. Right, exactly. And that's where I am now. So like you said, it was like my first year, I'm going into my second year now. So just learning everything and still being able to let people know like, okay, this is what we're doing here. I want everybody to feel comfortable. But also I need you to know that I am me, I'm going to be me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to come off, you know, I'm not going to be this is not how I'm talking. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to be me. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I'm not a young professional. You know, I'm still right. not. It's no janky business going on, but mm-hmm. I don't need to speak like this in order to let you know that it's not. 
Just trust yeah. me. So do you have um, a partner that's a help, uh, working in the business with you or an administrative staff? No, it's just me. Just you? <laughs> it's just me and my <laughs> teachers. So yeah. do you have goals to expand or to grow with the Kids Care Atlanta brand? I do, but I definitely want to give myself a wow. Um, so mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we're going on year two. I, I don't see that happening at least for another four or five years. Um, Got it. Because I want to get, I want to get everything I can out of this school first. So, right. STEM certified, you know, stuff like that. I really want to go into um, to make it, you know, the most elite school in the area. So after yeah. that, then I'll be open to um, doing another location. Okay, got it. And if um, someone is listening that's from Atlanta, how would they go about uh, registering their child in, in your program? Is it open enrollment or when, when do you do enrollment? So um, we're open for enrollment right now for the 2021-2022 school year. Um, so they can go to our website, www.kidscareatlanta.com. Um, they can visit us on Instagram or um, Facebook at Kids Care Atlanta. Um, and the information is there for enrollment. You can call us, you can email us, um, you can click on the links and they'll take you to the website to, um, that you can look at everything and then mm-hmm. you can contact us. And we'll get you okay. in here. I'll definitely link all those things that you said um, in the show notes of this of this podcast and on um, the video replay on YouTube as well. So it can be really easy for everyone. Just click the description below and, and you'll see all of Gina's um, and Kid Care Atlanta's links. Um, but I thank you so much for making the time to be a guest on Childcare Sites and Sound. And is there anything else that you'd like to share? Um. Not really. I just, I'm just thankful that you reached out to me because I like um, connecting with people that are like-minded. And then it's Mm -hmm. it's very difficult now because we don't see people. So Mm -hmm. um, just keeping those connections and stuff like that is really important to me. So I really appreciate you reaching out to me. And um, whenever we're in each other's cities, yeah <laughs> whenever it's safe to travel again I know I I have family in Atlanta so I've been okay. there often over the years and I, I'll definitely hit you up and I appreciate yeah. the connection as well and for you being so open to to come on and, and join us on on this episode and yeah. I will follow up with you right after this because I do want to make sure I get those links right and I'll share with the episode with you once it comes out okay Perfect. Okay. Well, thank thank you so much. Thank you, Gina. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching, you guys. Be sure to scroll down and click that subscribe button if you're watching this as a video replay on YouTube or subscribe to this podcast if you're listening audio only. I appreciate you watching on YouTube and listening on podcast streaming platforms. Both of those things are great. If you could also leave a five-star rating and review, that's awesome. Like this video if you're watching the replay and let us know what you'd like to see next. Next week's episode is the finale of this season and Gigi and I cannot wait to bring that episode to you. We'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.